Hey, Tom. And we are on stage. Yeah. Yes, we are. We're on stage. It's you and it's me, and it's yeah. a singer-songwriter. Yeah, with a very special guest tonight. My goodness. Absolutely. You have been telling me about this man, David Ludding, for, yeah, for a, a long time. Yeah, maybe a couple years, I bet. The widest exposure he's gotten was he was on American Idol earlier this year, making it to the top 100. Out of how many people auditioned, Mr. Ludding? Uh, in San Francisco, there was uh, 2,500. And nationwide? So, yeah. Uh, about 72,000 or so. Look at that. Holy cow. He's played the Bay Area. He's played Nashville. He's played up and down California. He's headline shows, as well as opening for Leon Russell, Elvin Bishop, Ramblin' Jack Elliott, oh, yeah. and many more. Uh, he's also acted in a number of plays and television programs, and probably all sorts of other stuff that we don't even know about. So anyway, we say, welcome to the program, David Lunning. Ah, oh, thanks for having me. You renaissance guy. <laughs> Let's just start right off with the American Idol story. Yeah, well, it was a trip. I mean, I had been debating doing it for a while, and I wasn't really sure if... Uh, it was the right thing for me to do for my career, because especially because it's mainly pop oriented, and what I That's do is true. not yeah, really pop. You're so. you're Americana, you're folk, yeah. You're singer songwriter, yeah. yeah. And so they had an open call audition, and I decided I was like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna play my own music on there and see how far I get, and see if they like it, and etc. So. I got up and waited in San Francisco to register at like 4.30 in the morning, which I do not do. I don't know any musicians that do. (laughs) So it was painful, but register, and then the next day, you have to also get there at 4.30 in the morning. So you you have to show up at 4.30 just to register? Yeah. And you don't even play your music that day or do anything? No, no, no. And then the next day, you do wait in line again, and then you you do sing that day. And this was at AT AT&T Park. And a lot of people are doing covers when they're auditioning, correct? That's right. That's right. A lot of people are doing covers. I did one cover, because they have a list of songs that you can do, and it just so happens that Don't Think Twice by Bob Dylan was on the list, and I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to do that song. So I did that song, and I did an original song. And so then there's like three more rounds of auditioning, before you actually even audition for the judges. Oh, in front of the judges. There's like the like executive producer round, and there's another producer round, and then there's like the TV-ready round, where yeah. they, you, know, you play, and then they look at you like really intensely, and they're like, is he going to be good on TV? I don't know. So three auditions even before you do anything that's televised. Right. And then come the auditions for the judges. Oh man, standing in front of those guys. <laughs> you can't really you can't really prepare for that. Like no. I was just, you know, it's like I've I've performed quite a bit and playing for people and gotten very comfortable doing that. But then all of a sudden you're in a room with Jennifer Lopez and Keith Urban and Harry Connick Jr. and they're there to judge you. They're there to say yes or no. Like and you know, when you play to a, an audience, they're not necessarily gonna be like, No, okay, that's it. So it's totally nerve wracking, but Harry Connick would have been a, a sure sell for you, I think. I think he'd get what you do. I'm not so sure that he did. No kidding. No. I, I, I don't really know. It was really hard to read them, but honestly, I think Jennifer Lopez had my back out of the, <laughs> the most out of the three. 
Okay, so Harry Connick Jr., watch that video clip and look at the look on his face because it's funny, Tom, you say that Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, would have his back. Yeah, I think he would get it. He had the most perplexed, weirdest look on his face. I'm sure you've studied <laughs> no that kidding. tape afterwards, right? Did you? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. totally. I mean, it, it seemed not great. I mean, he still I obviously right. voted for you, right. but he just seemed to like not understand like what was going on. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Not, not really, yeah. Did you get that vibe from him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. The thing was is they gave constructive criticism, which I was really actually grateful for. I was, it wasn't like, oh, well, they think this. It was like, okay, that's a, those are good points. Yeah, I can work on that. And it was cool to actually get that feedback from them, but it wasn't all just like, oh, we love you. It was like nerve wracking because they said all this stuff where it was like, well, you can work on this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I had no idea whether I was going to make it through or not. But then they all said yes. So what did you go with for your original? I went with In Hell I Am. In Hell I Am, yeah. Yeah. Did it really push things forward in a major way? Like, I mean, did more stuff start happening for you? Or had stuff already been happening prior to the American Idol? Yeah, definitely cool stuff happened. Um, And I got contacted by by some people who I I won't name. It was very, very cool connections that were made from that. Like notable musician types? Things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, exactly. And CD sales online and stuff like that. It was very cool. Very well, very cool. and I, you're with uh, Mongrel Music, which is a booking That's right. agency. Yeah. Were you with that agency before the American Idol appearance? Um, well, actually, I had been talking to them for a while, and then it kind of uh, it happened. Kind of simultaneously, actually. It was just coincidence, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, as somebody who had been booking your own tours forever, and Tom, you can identify, you have people who, uh, we, both of us, have people yeah. who email us to play the Phoenix all the time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the difference between somebody who has an album or a single that was reviewed by a, a real publication or has been on a show or something, even yeah. if Americana doesn't fit on American Idol, or and you could make that argument whether it does or it doesn't, it's still credibility. It still yeah, shows absolutely. that you were good enough to get on it. Yeah, even mm-hmm. at a place like this, in, in one end of our booking, that works. Absolutely, it would work. But you know, <laughs> then there's the other end of the booking where actually I'm looking for bands that don't have anybody watching them yet that's because that's what we do and that is so awesome that's what we do (laughs) (laughs) but they play together let's say for example david lunning come and plays a show and he's going to draw two or three hundred people or whatever Mm -hmm. just for the sake of argument then you got to fill that undercard and that's where what you just brought up is somebody's got to get the people in the building so that the others can get exposure and can have those great experiences totally absolutely so it all it all meshes together and it's been nothing i'm assuming nothing but a net positive uh being on uh, america oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely i got out of it like really what i had hoped to get out of it was to get my music out there and i mean the episode that i was on was shown for like 18 million people or something like that that's wonderful yeah it's crazy so they they were into you they voted for you but they threw in some interesting adjectives which i'm sure as they were saying them they just like made your skin crawl a little bit because you're like well i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win here misanthropic sad moody oh yeah no i well it, it made sense i mean that song is very intense and it's definitely not a happy song so i mean that's true yeah, I mean that that performance was definitely like sad, and I went for that. I wanted to do that. So, wow. Yeah. So they were taking you on on face of of just one of your tunes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was the actually funny thing because I'm like I said on the show, it's like I'm generally a pretty happy dude, which I am. But it, <laughs> which but, you could see the skeptical. They're like, well, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. well, so you would agree that some of the songs that you do are that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I really like to do the whole range of things. I like to do goofy as possible and then also 
Like, yeah. do some sad songs. I mean, I used to, when I started out initially, I used to do all sad songs. Yeah. And then people were like, oh my God, I'm so sad right now, and I'm going to fall asleep also. American Idol, it's like slick, it's produced, it's sterilized, it's mm-hmm. inoffensive, okay? And then Americana, I've read like multiple places in interviews and stuff, you like Americana because it's so like real and honest. Right. They don't really meet in the middle. Sad and moody does not fit for American Idol. Right. That's why they made comment on it. Again, it's it just seems like... Like, the lyrics are based in... They're trying to be as truthful as possible. They're not all just happy love songs. They're not all even sad love songs. They're just more like comments on life, which I think is really cool. I see a lot of it, at least in Americana music, is taking poignancy in, like, a bunch of little things. It is Americana, uh, just in, in, in by nature of what it is, and if you listen to a lot of it, uh, a lot of that sensibility, it really does cut right to the heart. Of, of what it takes to build a country like this. It takes you down into the south, but it can also bring you from the east. It can incorporate the rise of the unions, the plight of the working man. It can incorporate the heartbreak of love and the joy of love. Americana is a wide-open uh, genre that gives you such a palette to work with, I think. And, I mean, in contrast to, like, country even, because there's definitely a country element in Americana. The difference is, is in Americana, it seems like you can kind of say almost what you want to say. Because there's traditional country, which is going to have traditional themes and stuff like that. With Americana, it's like you can kind of do whatever you want. It's a bigger country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing to do, which I do a lot in a lot of my songs, is take something that is crappy, that is like not ideal, and kind of exaggerate it into humor. Do you have an example? Yeah, I have a song called Rocky Rock Bottom, and it's just this guy. Okay, so it starts out with him, and let's see. It's like, I think I got a disease where everything bad happens to me. And what ends up happening is that his truck breaks down, then his dog gets hit by a car, and then his boss calls him and tells him he doesn't have a job anymore. And then his, his girlfriend leaves him, and then in the last verse, he's like walking down the street like really sad, and then just a flock of seagulls come and just like shit all over him. I was going to ask you, who are you, who are you drawing from for a lot of, of your style, and, and where, who have you drawn from over the years? For my writing, I guess, you know, John Prine was the initial guy. Oh, excellent. I can honestly say that I left school because I heard John Prine, and then uh, decided to do a career. And, I want to do what he's doing. Yeah. Now. Let's talk about that. You went to school where? At Berkeley College of Music. Okay, and Boston. you were studying music? Mm-hmm. What, was, what aspect? I was playing piano and studying yeah. film scoring. I wanted to make epic music for uh, movies, which I really wanted to do. And I'm still interested in that. I still like doing that. And then how soon after you, you realized, okay, this is what I want to do, did you leave school? Well, this is how it worked. Actually, I wrote a song, and at the time, that was really kind of bummed out right then because I was having a dysfunctional relationship and etc. And so I wrote this song... And this was essentially like my first Americana song. I wrote Northern California, kind of about all my troubles in Boston. And then I talked to my parents and I was like, hey, you know, I want to leave school and I want to do this. I want to do like this, this music. And they're like, yeah, no, that, don't do that. Like you should just finish school and you should get a degree and, and all that. And it's like really a good thing to do. And I'm like, I know it's a good thing to do, but I feel like I can do like film scoring when I'm 90. And I don't know if I can do this kind of writing and do like touring and stuff like that when I'm not, I'm not going to want to do that. So then I went home for like a winter break or something like that. And I played them Northern California and they're like, they're like, they listen to it cause it's a really sad song. And so they listen to it and they're like, Oh man. Okay. Yeah. 
you can come back. You can come back oh, God. and do this. And uh, So how long ago was that that you left school? That was almost six years ago, yeah. Okay. With the theater and acting and things, you don't have That's a right. musical uh, history in that, but you do have a history with theater and acting. Uh, acting yeah. in particular, I wanted to ask you about... You were on a reality show, is that correct? I have like this weird history for what part that I'm able to get. For instance, I did this open call audition for I Almost Got Away With It, and she was like, you're perfect. And I was like, for what? Uh, what am I perfect for? Dead guy or life guy? <laughs> She's like, you're going to be, well, she didn't actually say this right now, but then I found out that I was going to be Richardson who is an insane, super paranoid coke addict. Oh, Wait a minute, great. I'm, I'm perfect for that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. I thought that the acting might have been before the music. So you're doing the music and some of the acting concurrently then. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I'm still doing acting, yeah. That's I, fascinating. I love doing it. It's, I mean, it's really fun for me to do. And, and Does it pay? Oh, uh, yeah, and it does it pay. It does pay. I mean, it, it's a gig, and I do enjoy doing it because it's totally different, obviously. It's totally different than doing the music. So you were on two I Almost Got Away With It. Were you the same coked-out, crazy character on both? Well, actually, I was only really one role in that, and then the other, I was actually in, uh, I think, two other ones where I was just extras. So, I mean, I got to be like a clerk that ducks at one point. I, though I do get funny roles, though. I mean, I took some acting classes, and even in my acting classes... They would be like, all right, so Tony, you're going to be like the romantic lover guy. And then uh, Rebecca, like you're going to be the store clerk. And then um, uh, Tina, you and David are both heroin addicts. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like what is going on here? If I shaved, could I be the romantic guy? Yeah, seriously. It's cool being involved, having your hand in a bunch of different things because you never know what's going to take off. And how have you gotten some of these shows that you've been on? Local people have taken notice of you, or have you really had to pound the pavement? I'm not exactly sure. It's all different. It's every single one is different. You know, you got to put yourself out. Yeah, you know, you got to go out and do it. It's like when you decided to uh, get into doing some of the acting, the commercials, and all that stuff. You had to put yourself out there. Have you ever been uncomfortable with that? Oh, all the time. Oh yeah, totally. I do a lot of things in my life that are completely <laughs> uncomfortable, but I like doing them. I don't know. I just feel like it's. It's a cool experience to, to do that, and then afterwards you're like, that wasn't so bad. I, you know, uh, Have you hit some roadblocks in this endeavor that have made you been like, ah, oh, God, I just don't like this? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, I mean I, I've definitely had a lot of luck, which is really, really cool, but definitely a lot of, no, you don't get, no, 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 no. I don't think people realize, not only is it almost impossible to make money being a, a performing musician, people do it, but it's hard, but also the amount of just, like, disappointment and, like, having to just keep pounding the pavement, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, every day is sort of a struggle until you hit a stride, and it seems like you're starting to hit a stride, which is great. Yeah, I am right now, but I definitely, I mean, I've definitely at moments been like, why am I doing this? I don't, you know, why am I doing But in my head, I'm just like, I... I can't help it. Like, I need to do it. Well, and as somebody who wants this to be his living, yeah. you want to make money playing music. 
having a booking agency, which is for real, is yeah. a big step. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's a They're huge amazing, deal. too. They've this done, is new, awesome. by the way. I think it's a wise thing to do. I had that discussion with Travis James. Yeah, Major Highway so, Poets. Highway yeah. Poets from yeah. Highway Poets. Local band and from Petaluma. We were watching, we watched as uh, Geo's band, uh, Brothers Comatose, mm-hmm. went that route. Got a booker. Another right. Petaluma band. Another Petaluma band. Same and they booker, were, in fact. It was starting to work well for them. Mm-hmm. And so I had that discussion with Travis. Travis, you guys, what do you think about that? He goes, nope, we're not there yet. We want to do our own booking for a while. They weren't sure they were comfortable with that. Hmm. But I think they've made that move now themselves, haven't they? Yeah, they're in a second octave. Yeah, And I'm seeing that it's working well. It worked great for, it's working for Brothers Comatose. I know it's going to work for uh, Highway Poets. At least I'm pretty sure it will. So you have a you have a pretty full calendar. Oh yeah, I mean we're playing definitely every weekend, and like these next two weeks are probably going to be the busiest. Actually, these are all bookings yeah. through your agency. Yeah, yeah. Here's the correct. thing. So when you start working with an agency, there are rules. There are things you can do and things you cannot do if you're working for this agency. And if you're young in the business, you might think, well, who the hell are they to tell me that? But as a matter of fact, they are the people that know how to get you out there. They're the people that know how to get you booked, right. and get you some nice shows. Best that you follow those instructions, I think. Oh, yeah. Best oh, that yeah. you play by the rules. Oh, yeah. I have such sympathy for the booking agency that takes an act, an unknown, and makes yeah. something out of them. These people who have these boutique booking agencies who make it possible for people to make it big. And it just seems like they always get the shaft I like like yes. maybe one maybe one out of 20 times a band will stick with that boutique agency and sort of you know be the thing give back you know there's a booking agent there's a tour manager there's a general manager you know yeah um the booking agent is like the person that is on the street like really really doing working. a lot of the yeah. work yes um, it's true. and it's hard you know that's why i think maybe travis said to you that we're not ready for a booking agent they, they didn't because like the i mean idea what, and they weren't sure they wanted to go that direction yeah. well i mean david you didn't get your booking agent overnight right no 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 yeah not overnight I mean, they've got to know that they can do something with you. Right, right. Oh, yeah, they would come to shows and check it out and see kind of uh, how I was doing live. And it's got to be hard for agencies and stuff like that to make decisions online. Because they got to put good stuff out besides. They've got to make sure their reputation is clean. But now I'm working with them, and they're amazing. And they've been incredibly helpful and getting like amazing gigs and stuff. So We've touched on this a bunch of times in this show, that success when making music for a living is very much how you define it based on the path you're on. At what point are you going to be like, all right, good. I, I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I think probably the most important thing for me in terms of like success is to be able to do all the things that I want to do. Like I want to be able to make a movie like right now. There's no way I could afford to try to make a movie right now. That's not going to, you know, that's not going to happen. So I think, I think probably being successful enough to be able to do all the stuff that I want to do creatively, I guess. You know, it might be an incremental thing, though, for a lot of guys. I think to this point, for a young player, you're already quite successful. You've set some sights, and you've actually been able to pull through it and and, uh, and make that happen. So that's already a success. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, like, for instance, uh, doing what I do is my job. I don't have have a day job, so that's definitely Uh like a a success. At this age, you're already paying the bills in the entertainment industry? Yeah. Oh, smoking. <laughs> so singer-songwriter and reality star David Lunning <laughs> on stage with Jim and Tom. I think we'll probably end with some songs if you're oh, into that. Oh, man. I, when I saw the guitar, I was just, wow, yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Spectacular. I don't but, even want to plug it in somewhere. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But before we do that, Tom, thoughts on Mr. Lunning? He's one of my favorite songwriters in Sonoma County right now. I uh, really wow. like the direction that music is taking in Sonoma County, by the way. Uh, it's uh, your generation, because you're 26, 
Uh, well, now you I'm had, 27. You're 27. But, <laughs> but you're in that generation of, of players that are all, I mean, we've been interviewing an awful lot of people in your peer group, and mm-hmm. you're all still playing, and I love the direction you're going, and I particularly like where you're going with your stuff. You're uh-huh. actually one of those artists that I do not want to embarrass about bringing into a show that doesn't that we can't draw a crowd for Aww. so that's how much i respect you i respect you, you so man. much i won't book you here <laughs> i want to play here again man this place is awesome. yeah we gotta figure we're gonna here. we're gonna get you back for a good show i'd love to thank you and now tom and i get to experience a mini show right now Can a man hold on to a flame Before he burns down And how long can a man hold on to a dream Before he's awakened somehow And how long can a man wish upon stars Before he's overcome with doubt And how long can a man long for a woman I'll find out I guess I'll find out And how long can a man climb up a mountain Never knowing what he'll find on the other side And how long can a man hold his head high When he's choking on the hopes of some reunion of some kind well, how long can a man wish upon stars, oh no, before he's overcome with doubt? And how long can a man long for a woman? I guess I'll find out. I guess I'll find out. Some busty lights sink in my old apartment. Rusty when it comes to love But they say the sun shines down on everyone So I'ma take my chance when it comes When it comes But how long can a man wish upon stars Before he's overcome with doubt how long can a man long for a woman? I guess I'll find out. I guess I'll find out. Spectacular. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great tune. <laughs> that was on the serious side. Yeah. Really? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> What's that song called? Uh, right now it's called How Long, but I, I don't know if I like that title. Oh, that's an unreleased song. Oh, yeah. That is People an are going to call song. it How Long. Okay, I guess I should probably do that song that I mentioned about taking stuff going bad and then... Uh, my voice is shot right now. That's all right. But, it sounds gravelly and good. Uh, it's got that great tone. Yeah, <laughs> that great tone. Okay, cool. So this is the song you referenced earlier. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. 
I think I, I got a disease where everything bad happens to me and nobody knows the pain of this curse. Well, my truck broke down, just blew up and died, so I hung my head and I cried. I said, I don't think my life can get any worse. Yeah, but then my dog jumped out and he didn't get far. It wasn't long before he was hit by a car. Well, lucky for him, he died instantly. And then I got a call from my boss named Bob. He told me he no longer had a job. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me, on me. Cause it's a rock. It's a rock. So hanging out with my sweetie pie Just talking and laughing and having good times When all of a sudden she said, baby, we're through Said she liked me fine, said I was nice And that she hated that she had to say goodbye But she had fallen for another who looked like Howard Hughes Howard Hughes Oh, it's a rock It's a rock It's a rocky rock bottom I was walking down that lonely street and a flock of seagulls from the beach relieved themselves all over me as they flew. So I was standing there all black and white so damn ashamed of my life never had I ever felt so blue. I lost my truck, I lost my dog, I lost my lover, lost my job, and to top it all up, I had bird poop in both of my eyes. And so I got to thinking, for the next time I want to come back, there's a tree of some kind just blowing in the breeze. Now wouldn't that be nice, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it's a rock. David Lunning. That's <laughs> uh, silly. Thank you for joining us, David. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, man. Best of luck in all future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's a great young.